Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library. On this podcast, I'm inviting you into my personal library to experience my favorite erotica. All of the volumes that I will read from are on my shelves. Each week, I will treat you to a piece of erotica, either my own or from one of my favorite authors. Some weeks, I will be joined by these amazing authors themselves, and you will have the chance to hear them read their own work. This podcast is being supported by my Patreon page. That's patreon.com forward slash Lori Beth Bisbee. For people who subscribe, you will have access to special interviews with authors and readings and also to special events. So grab your drink of choice, get comfortable, and enjoy a peek into my erotic world. And hey everyone, welcome to Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee's Erotic Library to this bonus episode for my Patreon patrons who are at the $10 or more per month level. I started the story, The Whistle, in my weekly episode, and this is the bonus. I'm going to finish the story of The Whistle. I lay out informal table linens, plates, cheese knives, forks, teaspoons, and butter knives. I wait until Grant is seated, and then I take my place. I wait as Grant starts eating. He beams. You need not wait for permission to eat with me, he says. I realize that I've become used to doing so, and that this is now my norm. I am pleased as the more that this becomes habit, the easier I will find my service. We eat as we talk about our backgrounds and current situations. I discover that he has served the captain for the past five years and is a bisexual switch. We discover, as we talk, that we both view our attractions similarly in that we are both primarily drawn by energy, and after that a variety of physical characteristics. This makes us unpredictable as to what genders the people with whom we are in relationship will be. He tells me that at one time he served a homosexual trans man and owned a heterosexual cis-female slave, and at another time he served a butch cis-female and owned a bisexual trans woman. We both note that there are times it is difficult to explain our way of relating to others and talk about how often we felt that there was not a community in which we truly fit. We both experienced prejudice from heterosexual and homosexual communities and did not fit within the transgender community either. Sometimes the B in LGBT really disappears. Back to work, Grant announces, and I quickly clear the table and sort things into the dishwasher. I spend the next two hours on an overview of the wine cellar and liquor cabinet, along 
with hard liquors as well. Grant tells me I will be able to use cheat sheets for drinking making and help to pair wines, but that I often won't have a lot of time, so it's good to become familiar with everything, so I need only glance at the cheat sheet quickly in most cases. I take copious notes, working hard to make sure that I will later be able to read my own handwriting, which is no guarantee. As we are finishing, I hear the whistle. I shudder as I turn crimson, and Grant laughs. That has an intense effect on you, he notices. Yes, Grant, it does, both humiliating and sublimely erotic, I admit. Yes, that is obvious, Grant replies. I can smell you from here. I am mortified, turning blood red. I'm sorry, I whisper, and he chuckles. Nothing to be sorry for. You smell delicious. Thank you, I stammer as I hurry off to find the captain. She waits for me out in the hall. I rush into the hall, hair flying wildly, face flushed, but avoid running into her. I drop to my knees and kiss her boots. She keeps me head down for some time. My breathing slows a bit. She raises me up and escorts me into lunch. This time there's one place set. She sits and points to the floor to the side of her chair. I will have a guest for lunch. Get comfortable here. Today you will listen as we eat and converse. Soon you will serve the meal, she says. Yes, Captain, I reply. The captain stands as Sandra enters the room with a beautiful woman. She is red-haired and curvy with cinnamon eyes that carry a mischievous glint. I quickly look down and I hear her giggle. She gives the captain a long hug, then sits in the chair to the right of her. I am now on the floor in between them. She reaches down and puts her hand in my curls, grabbing a handful and lifting my head so I'm looking at her. She greets me and tells me her name is A. I say hello quietly. As she examines my face, my blush deepens until I am again the color of pickled beets. Why, she is lovely, she exclaims. Yes, she is, and seems not to be aware of it often, the captain replies. I do not thank her, as I am not being spoken to. The appetizer is served, shrimp cocktail with a choice of sauces, spicy cocktail or Marie Rose. Wine, the captain asks, and A accepts a glass. The captain opens a bottle of semi-dry white and pours each of them a glass. They toast to good friends and good food and each sip the wine. They start to eat. After they have taken a few bites, the captain picks up a spare linen napkin and ties it around my neck. She feeds me a shrimp dipped in Marie Rose sauce. The shrimp is delightfully fresh and extremely firm. The sauce is delicate. I chew slowly and clean the sauce from her fingers. I go to thank her, and she says, after the meal. I nod my head, remaining quiet, as it is clear she wishes me to be. She gives me a sip of wine and turns her attention back to A, who has been nibbling on a shrimp while watching me. I work hard to remain still, but it is difficult not to squirm under her gaze. The two chat about people they have in common and various upcoming events. They both feed me titbits as they finish the first course and work on the main course. Eventually, I settle a bit and enjoy the experience while letting go of my anxiety. Sandra clears the table, and Grant enters with a cheese plate, fruit, pettifors, and coffee. He offers the dessert wine, but both decline to drink any more with lunch. They linger over coffee. Jewel is delightful. When she has completed the next few days of training, I might like to borrow her, if that's okay. A says. Of course you may, the captain replies. Grant enters the room, and the captain snaps her fingers to gain my attention. This has an almost disturbing effect, as the whistle. I look up at her. 
and reply, Yes, sir. Say goodbye to our guest and then go with Grant. You will have one more lesson before your siesta. Yes, sir. It was a pleasure to meet you, ma'am. I hope that I will see you again, I say. She grins. No doubt you will, Jewel, she replies, and Grant leads me from the room. We arrive in the library. Grant has me sit in one of the overstuffed chairs. I always feel so young sitting in these chairs, as my feet never reach the ground. Grant brings out a large humidor and a liquor trolley. On the trolley are a decanter each of port, brandy, and single malt scotch. The glasses are heavy and crystal. Now we will cover an overview of cigars, port, brandy, and whiskey, he begins. We spend the next hour learning about the parts of the cigar, how cigars are made, characteristics of different regions, the basics of humidors, and cutting and lighting cigars. The hour after that, we spend going over vintage port, brandy, including regions and houses, and types of whiskies. Grant tells me we will have an in-depth lesson on all these topics over the next week, and not to worry too much about remembering as this is just the overview. Again, I'm taking copious notes. Finally, Grant tells me it's time to stop and leads me to my room. He ruffles my hair and tells me he will see me later. I head into the bathroom and have a shower. Dried and wrapped in a large, fluffy bath sheet, I crawl into bed and close my eyes. I'm asleep in an instant. I startle awake at the sound of the whistle and work hard not to swear under my breath. I knuckle the sleep from my eyes and pad into the bathroom to wash my face and go to the bathroom. The whistle sounds again and I hurry into the hall. I have only gone three paces before I hear another shrill blast. I run down the hall and quickly to the door of the captain's study. I take a second to calm my breathing before I knock on the door. Enter, she says. I walk into the room and quickly drop to my knees and kiss her boots. When you hear the whistle, you need to be quick march. One blast should be enough. Two, if you're in the midst of something, you cannot leave off immediately. If you've not responded by three, I will discipline you. Am I understood? She asks. Yes, sir, I reply, my voice heavy with tears. More than anything, I don't like to disappoint. I am still on my knees with my lips to her boot. The smell of, her, of the leather makes me high. The desire to listen, lick and kiss her boots to worship is overwhelming. I begin with another kiss and then am subsumed in the worship. My tears overflow and run down my cheeks. A tear runs off the end of my nose. My breath comes in gasps. The captain reaches into my hair and grants a handful. I moan, a low rumble rising from my toes. She grips and releases and grips again, pulling my head up just a little and then bending it back. She grips harder, bending my head back further until she can see the tears on my face. Her hand traces my jaw, finger on the pulse in my throat. She watches my reaction carefully, noting my shallow breathing, my dilated pupils, the saliva gathered at the corner of my lips. Her hand slides up to my throat, and she slowly squeezes. I work to avoid panic as it becomes hard to breathe. I breathe at her pleasure. I am within moments of passing out when she lets go. I somehow keep my position and kiss her hand. She sits up and runs a hand through her hair. Her color is deeper, flushed, and her pupils dilated. Dinner will be informal. Afterwards, you'll have a lesson in moving with grace. Then you'll have an hour free and then you will go to bed. Understood, she says. Yes, sir, I whisper. The captain takes my hand and helps me rise. She leads the way to the dining room. She sits and sends me into the kitchen to help serve. Grant hands me a full plate, and I bring it carefully into the dining room, placing it down in front of the captain from her left. There are grilled asparagus, polenta, and roast duck. 
"'What would you like to drink, sir?' I ask. "'Water, please,' she replies. "'I fill her glass carefully. "'I return to the kitchen to get my plate "'and wait until the captain gestures at a seat at the table. "'I place the plate down and stand quietly behind the chair. "'Sit,' she says. "'I sit and wait patiently as she eats a few bites "'and makes appreciative noises. "'Eat,' she says. "'I begin to eat. "'As before, I find my appetite as soon as I start eating "'and have to work.' to slow myself down. Grant brings me some water and pats me on the head. I can feel the smile in his touch. We have a little discussion we have little discussion tonight and I am happy for the respite. I'm very tired even with the naps. Dessert is a pavlova with strawberries and I have mint tea with it. When the captain stands I follow and we go into the living room. This will be a short lesson as I can tell you are already tired. We'll start with walking in bare feet, she says. She stands behind me, adjusts my posture, pushing my shoulders back, reminding me to think, as I learned to do when I briefly studied Alexander Technique, as though there is a wire running from the top of my head straight down through to my feet into the floor. She adjusts my head position and first has me put my hands at my side. This feels awkward, but I know it will get easier with practice. I will use my whistle to set the tempo, she says, and I groan before I can stop myself. She chuckles. There will be a penalty for that, she says. She blows the whistle so I have a cadence, and I walk the room in tempo. Or at least I attempt to walk the room in tempo. I'm too self-conscious to keep the rhythm. My critical self-talk takes over, and all I can hear is, you have no grace, you're clumsy, you lack rhythm. The more I listen to this, the worse I get. I'm pulled out of this line of thought by the quirt on my breasts. I yelp and I jump. Start again, she says. The whistle blows the tempo again, and this time I can cross the room repeatedly without stumbling. Much better, the captain says, and I can hear the approval in her voice. Now let's work on some position changes, she says, and has me kneel, move to sitting on the floor, change to standing position, and then back down again. After some trial and error, I make these changes with some grace. Good, very good, the captain says, and I'm beaming with the praise and also exhausted. Off to bed with you, then. She says, I get to my knees and kiss her boots. Her hand tangles in my hair. I rumble with pleasure at her fingers on the back of my neck. There's a special way that she has that is difficult to explain. She grabs the hair on the base of my skull and presses into the spot just at the base. My mouth waters with pleasure. She chuckles. Hungry girl? Yes, Captain, I reply. You need sleep, she says. Yes, Captain, I reply. She pulls my head against her thigh and continues to rub my scalp. I groan in pleasure. Bed, now, she says, and I rise with as much grace as I can muster and run off to my room. I sit down with my journal and write only a few words about her smell, her touch, and my need before I yawn. I close the journal and slide under the sheet, and I'm asleep before I can think another thought. I wake to hands spreading my thighs wide. Lift up. I hear, and I comply quickly. I'm impaled on a dick before I am fully awake. I scream in pleasure. Hands turn my head to the side to taste the dick at my lips. I am pulled forward by my hair, so I swallow deeply. I'm being double-fucked in per perfect rhythm. All I can do is receive their thrusts. My pussy is overflowing. I am close to coming, and I cannot ask for permission with a mouth and throat full of dick. Come now, the captain says. The release is like a tsunami, contractions intense enough to trigger orgasm for the captain and Grant. 
The waves take minutes to leave my body. It's only when they withdraw that I realize it's still the middle of the night. Help her back to sleep, the captain says, and leaves the room. Grant strokes my face and runs his hands through my hair. Girl, you best get some rest. You'll need all your strength tomorrow. He kisses my forehead and pulls up the sheet over me. Thank you, Grant. I mumble as I drift off again. I don't have the energy to ask what tomorrow will bring. The whistle wakes me. I've begun to lubricate at the sound of it, just like one of Pavlov's dogs. I slide out of bed and pat into the bathroom for a wash. I am drip-drying my hair when the whistle sounds again. I sprint from the room and head to the captain's study. She's in the hall, waiting for me with a tall, dark woman at her side. Her energy is intoxicating. She has delicious, smooth, chocolate curves, a piercing gaze, and an enigmatic smile. I realize that I'm staring and drop my gaze. I quickly kneel and kiss the captain's boot. She leaves me there, hand in my hair. She is lovely, the woman remarks, and I all but purr at the sound of her voice. My body turns a deeper pink, and I tremble. This is Mistress... Well, you can call her Mistress or Ma'am, the captain says. Yes, Captain, I reply. Where are your manners, Jewel? Don't you have a greeting for Mistress? I can hear the smirk in the captain's voice. I move to Mistress's feet and, and bow my head low, kissing her boots. Very nice to meet you, ma'am, I say, my voice trembling and my body now vibrating like an aspen leaf in the wind. Lift your head, girl, and look at me, she says. I look into her deep umber eyes and get lost there. She laughs again. Delightful. She's so sweet, and though I know from you she's not innocent, there is a shyness to her that's engaging. Yes, this is so. She was sent here at the behest of her owners, but since her training began, her situation has changed, and she now belongs only to one. The captain goes on, so it's possible she will be available for more than just some practice or play. I work hard to keep my emotions under control. I'm still raw from the end of my contract and have been focusing on this training to recover. I drift into my own thoughts and do not catch Mistress's reply, but they're both chuckling. You will see Mistress later, the captain says, as she calls for Grant to take me. I rise carefully and drop my eyes, square my shoulders, and wait patiently until Grant attaches the lead to my collar and takes me from the room. Grant sets a quick pace and I struggle to keep up. We arrive in the library, sweat beating on my back and forehead, breath somewhat shallow. Grant hands me some water and I try not to gulp. This morning we'll go into more depth about drinks and cigars. We'll cover wines, including champagne, and other sparkling wines, sherries and ports, beers and ales, whiskies, other spirits, brandies, mixed drinks, cigars, and other tobacco products. Yes, Grant, I reply. Let's start with scotch. Here you have a choice of blended and single malt. There are some rare blends that are made at some of the best distilleries, but in a fine house we use blends and mixed drinks, and a choice of single malt is available for drinking alone or with water. Many whiskey snobs believe that water and ice should not be added as they pollute the flavor. However, there are still many folk who will add one or both. We have whiskey stones that will keep a drink cool without melting. Grant describes the malts with lots of peat versus those without, the different barrels that whiskey is distilled in, sherry barrels or simple oak oak, for example, and how this adds to the flavor, different vintages and different distilleries, I take detailed notes. After the overviews, Grant has me taste a variety of whiskeys, and I note the nose and flavors in my book as well. 
It's a good idea for you to have tasted everything that you are offering to guests so you can well describe what you're offering them. If you have wide knowledge, it also allows you to advise your master on what to purchase and keep in his cellar. This applies to all drinks. In fact, the same should be true for food. Though there are cooks and in some houses sommeliers, if your first girl or if your job, if your first girl, your job is to know about the running of the whole house. You take advice from the specialists and then inform the master of what is important. You should be able to answer detailed questions about his household, all of it, even if you're not personally responsible for an area. If the household is small, you may not need as much detailed information in your head, but you'd best know where to get it for the times that your master entertains or when you're loaned out to another household, or even for when you're visiting folks so you can advise master if need be. Grant says, now let's move on to other spirits. We spend the next hour going over a variety of other spirits and the time leading to lunch break, discussing cocktails and other mixed drinks. After lunch, we'll practice pouring spirits, making cocktails, and serving in various glasses, Grant says. Yes, Grant, I reply. The whistle sounds and I run from the room. The sound of Grant's laughter rings in my ears as I go. I arrive at the dining room and am greeted by the captain and cook. You will serve lunch, the captain says. When you finish serving us, come sit by my feet and I'll feed you. Yes, sir, I reply, quietly, and follow the cook to the kitchen. Cook ties a pretty apron around my waist and ties my curls back into a thick ponytail. This takes some effort, but she gets my hair tied in a way that keeps it off my face and looks pleasing. She cannot do anything with the few curls that escape to fall into my eyes. That will have to do, she says in her gentle Scottish accent, making me smile. Thank you, Cook, I say. She hands me the appetizer tray of insulata caprice, and motions for me to serve. I enter the dining room and start when I see master and mistress at the table with the captain. I place the first plate of caprice in front of master, the next in front of mistress, and then finally a plate in front of the captain. Greet your master, girl, the captain says. I kiss master's boots passionately. He lifts me to him, crushing me in a hug. He kisses me until I am breathless. When he lets me go, I slide to the floor at his feet. I will feed her, Captain, if you don't mind, Master says. Be my guest, Morloki, the Captain replies. Jewel, sit comfortably, Master says, and I adjust my position with some grace. Grant enters and offers black pepper for the salads. Sandra brings in water and wine. All eat. There is little conversation at first as they enjoy the flavors. Master feeds me my first bite and has me suck the extra oil off his fingers. My face turns flame red as my nipples tighten. The second bite has me moaning around his fingers. Conversation stops as the captain and mistress watch my response. The energy rises at my spine, burns through me as the master pushes with each touch. It looks as though he's simply stroking me or pinching me or scratching me, but each touch contains a push that sends the sensation throughout my body, multiplies it until I cannot catch my breath. If I could look at my master, I know the expression on his face. Unmitigated joy. As it is, I cannot keep my eyes from rolling back into my head each time the energy peaks. Look at me, my master says. I drag my eyes to his face as he feeds me the next piece of mozzarella. I savor the flavors as I take the food from his hands. I revel in the texture of the soft, cold cheese, the dry heat from his somewhat rough hands. Now come, he says. The orgasm builds from my center, intense rippling outwards, hot juice covering my thighs. Nicely done, says mistress. Thank you, Master replies. I'm still shaking when the captain says, Jewel, we're ready for the next course. 
"'Yes, Captain,' I reply, rising slowly and attempting to clear the table gracefully. "'My body is glistening, awash with pinks and reds. "'I enter the kitchen to the sound of Cook singing. "'She runs a hand through my hair and gives a gentle tug. "'I love your hair.' "'Thank you, ma'am,' I reply. "'She pulls my hair harder, observing my trembling. "'I mustn't make you late,' she says almost to herself, "'letting go of my hair, turning to the plates.' I gather up the tray of roast duck with polenta and sautéed spinach and walk slowly into the dining room. I place plates, starting with Master again, and as no one has told me I should do differently. I remember Grant's instructions. Guests first, always. If your owner is a guest, your owner first. If not, women first, then men. I return to the kitchen and get the wine caddy and place a towel over my, mar my arm. "'Mistress, would you like more wine?' I ask. "'No, thank you,' she replies.' I move to the captain. Sir, would you like more wine? I ask, making sure that I lower my eyes. No, thank you, Jewel, he replies. I bring the wine back to the serving table and return to refill the water glasses. When I finish, I return to my place at my master's feet. The conversation flows over me. Each bite I am offered, I savor. I take the opportunity to focus on all that is in front of me, the sights, sounds, tastes, and smells. When I hear the cutlery still, I get up and clear the table, I re-enter the room and brush the crumbs from each place. Then I put out the settings for dessert. As I walk by Mistress, she stops me with a hand on my thigh. "'May I?' she asks Master. "'Please,' he replies. She slides her hand between my legs, initially stroking lightly, then pinching. I yelp but keep still. She goes back to stroking, pulling a moan from me. "'Responsive,' she says. Her tone of voice suggests she's thinking, "'Slut.' Master replies, "'Thank you.' After a few moments, she lets me go so I can continue serving dessert. I head off to the kitchen, now shades of sex red to blood red. "'Come here, girl,' Cook shouts as I enter the kitchen. I move quickly to her side. "'Bend over,' she says. I comply, feeling the cool of the marble countertop on my thighs. The smack of the wooden spoon makes me squirm. "'Keep still,' she says. "'Thwap, thwap, thwap,' the spoon sounds against my flesh. She hits me a dozen times. "'Up, girl, take the dessert in.' Yes, ma'am, I reply, my face as red as my ass cheeks. I bring the tray of strawberry shortcake into the dining room. Thanks for joining me on this erotic adventure. Join me again next week for more exciting erotica. Visit my websites, drlauriebethbisbee.com and drlauriebethbisbee.press for more information about what I'm doing and what services are available. Check out my weekly internet radio show, The A to Z of Sex, on the Health and Wellness Channel, voiceamerica.com, Thursdays at 11 a.m. PST, 2 p.m. EST, 7 p.m. BST, and that's a live show. If you've got suggestions for this show or authors you'd like to hear, email me at lauribeth at drlauribethbisbee.press. Have a great week.